0: Get 60% off at babble.com slash realm. That is spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash realm. Rules and restrictions may apply.
1: Listen. Hello and welcome to NBC, IGN's Nintendo podcast. I'm your host, Casey DeFritis, and this week, the week of May 14th, I'm joined by Janet Garcia. What's up? Seth Macy. Yellow and Tom Marks. Hello! This week we're going to be talking about how 70% of our audience seems to have Joy-Con grit drift, which is an incredible statistic, uh, Retro's <laughs> cancelled Zelda and Mario spinoffs, and a couple of other things, like how Tom and some other people have been playing the wonderful 101 on the Switch. But hey, before we get started, how's everyone doing today? Doing all right. good!
2: Cool, Living we're
1: muted slightly we're all slightly dead inside but we're going to talk about nintendo anyway um so I'm yeah more
2: excited about nintendo than the rest of the world to be fair so
1: i i yeah. am too to be entirely honest this is the highlight of my week thank you for doing this with me I'm excited <laughs> yeah, um,
3: to be here. i have three so, switches around me so i'm ready to go three Dang. switches yeah Slower it's my switches. boyfriend's mine and then the animal crossing one i get ordered perfect i'm liking your background by the way it looks great thank you i bought something so people could think i live in a proper home and not just (laughs) a spare room that i threw myself into to do my work um yeah i think it looks out i got a lot of nintendo stuff so nice yeah exciting week tom
1: put together an article and the headline is Three years later, Joy-Con Drift is still a huge problem. Now, before we get into the statistics of it all, Tom, what made you write this article? Um, Dude, I just got
2: sick of it. Like, <laughs> honestly, this the, the spark, if, if you need to know the real backstory of it, was a conversation with our very own Mitchell Saltzman. Um, we were talking about how, because he did our review for 104.101 Remastered. And about a week or two ago, we were talking about how he's still suffering from Joy-Con Drift. Um. And how that game is apparently because of how much you do with like drawing glyphs and stuff. It's essentially unplayable with Bad Drift. Um, And he, you know, and a lot of games are, but that's neither here nor there. Um, And he is, he was, I was like, oh, you know, it's not so hard at least to just send him in and get him fixed. And he was like, well, you can't. And I was like, wait. What? And that made me look at the fact that not only is, like, all retail stock sold out, so you can't buy replacement controllers very easily right now, or at least, for, like, for the the correct price, you also can't send your controllers in to be repaired in most places because Nintendo, which I am not faulting them for, are following the, like, pandemic COVID-19 restrictions and have their repair centers shut down indefinitely uh, until the situation is alleviated or whatever. We don't exactly know when they're going to be back open. And I think that's great. Like, I'm glad they're doing that because it's the right decision. It's a responsible decision, but also it leaves people in a position where it's like, wow, we've known about this issue for three years. Everyone's been having it. It hasn't been fixed. And now because of this current situation, the crisis, we're in a position where there's absolutely no solution for players beyond like home remedies that almost only sometimes work maybe right like and and i just kind of hit a breaking point like i just was sort of like this is insane that we're still dealing with this like it wasn't i don't know i just got really really frustrated and decided (laughs) that we needed to be talking about it
0: (laughs) yeah it's super annoying mine i first noticed mine when i was reviewing octopath traveler actually and uh that's a long very long game so i have this thing where i take the joy con i lay in bed i can just throw my arms wherever i want to i don't know if anybody else does that and then i was like why is my guy going up don't do that silly man this was before like i think drift was a well-known issue and then you know it's only gotten worse i got the new like the watermelon one you know like the the pinkish and and the neon green one i was like hell yeah let's do this uh what was i playing recently oh i was playing trials of mana for review what starts happening Boom, the guys start walking off in the wrong direction. It's infuriating. And then somebody said, you know, well, you should just buy a, um, a Pro Controller. Well, yeah, obviously I have one of those, but I can't break the Pro Controller in half when I'm laying in bed and being lazy. Yeah.
1: And I, I first started noticing Joy-Con Drift when I was reviewing Pokemon Sword and Shield. And specifically, I got especially angry because I was also recording the first 15 minutes of that game and janet remembers the story (laughs) and i got (laughs) to the point where i'm fighting i think i was fighting like score Bunny versus chessman not chessman but um grookey i don't remember and i went to choose the move that was super effective against it like a person who knows what they're doing is doing and my joy con drift activated i went down and used like growl or some move that no one would ever use and i was just like i can't Use this footage now because I look like a moron, and I had to <laughs> redo the. It was like the very end of the video, so I had to redo the whole fifteen minutes, and I was just so mad. I was like, "Are you serious? I can't." and using a stat based move, you know. Well, if you- yeah, no, because oh, yeah. like Ember would have killed him, you know. Yeah. So, like,
3: <sighs> yeah, but um, absolutely, yeah. I'm but not sure at that point, point drip, but, so go ahead.
1: I was just going to say at that point it was only happening very rarely. And just recently it started, it was just constant. So I had to get them replaced, but were you going to say Janet?
3: Um, Yeah, I was just going to add to that. I have also had a numerous drift off a couple of different joy con. My original ones definitely have drifted. I, and then I got the Splatoon ones as well, the watermelon ones that Seth has. And um, those eventually got drift. So I borrowed some from work. I'm like, okay, I'm going to leverage this work privilege and get some joy con. So I borrowed a work pair, uh, that like I think someone custom did them because they're like the gold ones. And um, those are now also (laughs) suffering from drift as well. So uh, yeah, basically my solution has just been to continuously get new ones and I got the Animal Crossing Switch that comes with its own Joy-Con and I'm like, I guess I'll just use those now. But like what's really disappointing too, I think especially with these you know, one of the fun things about the Switch is that you can customize the Joy-Con, switch them out, and no pun intended, and kind of get to make it a little bit more customizable to your taste. But it sucks knowing that, like, these gorgeous Animal Crossing Joy-Con I have, like, the more I use them, like, they're just eventually gonna just die. And I've, uh, yeah, I've mentioned this before on Twitter, but, like, the Switch, as much as I love it, it's gonna be the most painful console to retro collect for because oh, yeah. all the hardware is gonna be destroyed because it's already really messed up. And that's, that's super disappointing from a historical standpoint.
0: Yeah, it's fine as a gameplay mechanic in Breath of the Wild, but in real life, you don't want your equipment to uh, you know break. <laughs>
3: yeah,
1: absolutely not. And, yeah. and even even like
2: I think that point about retro collecting Janet is so good, but also like I I'm even worried more short term than that. Like I'm worried about like five years from now what my Switch is going to look like. Like I I don't genuinely don't know. I have one joy-con i got kind of lucky i have one joy-con that had drift i sent it into nintendo and it got repaired and then probably two weeks later it started drifting again um which is a thing i hear is not (laughs) totally uncommon is drift coming back after a repair um i had a brief amount of drift on my watermelon joy-con that then went away so like it was i got lucky there but like i have a friend who both his pair of joy-con are drifting and so he bought a new one like a new set like a, a month ago or something and he said three weeks later with a brand new set it drifted and it's like wh- like how are we still dealing with this how is this this still this kind of ubiquitous that every single one of us can go around in a circle and be like oh yeah this was my first experience with this not just like only but like first
0: <laughs> yeah it's so weird because nintendo has such a reputation for like bulletproof hardware like yep. you can like oh, yeah. I found this. Uh, my uncle used to do storage units, and he was like, "Oh, hey, look, you want this?" Uh, and I just cleaned the, you know, the corrosion off the battery terminals and turned it on. I found one. A Game Boy for- color. What's that? That was a Game Boy Color. Yeah, this is a, a Game Boy Game Boy Pocket. Ah, not a Game Boy Color. And I do have another it's Game pretty Boy color. Pocket. That I got it. What's that?
1: It's a pretty color oh thank
0: you it's it's green it has a pokemon yellow in the back but i got a blue one too same story i got it at goodwill for three bucks uh threw a game in there frigged around with it a little bit boom it came right on my ds hadn't plugged it in for years plugged it in boom works you a and big then,
3: retro pick, huh? you're like you're just going through the whole the whole pantheon <laughs> right.
0: my nes dug it out of the mud dusted it off sprayed it down with a hose Turn
1: that movie right <laughs> off. And totally no, no, I've told this story before, but I, I dropped my Nintendo 64 down the stairs like at least twice,
3: and it still works totally fine. <laughs> so, I love that you had the confidence to carry it down the stairs a second time. You're like I'm gonna use all the knowledge I gained from that first time, and it's gonna be
1: different. <laughs> Look, man, I was um, like 10 or 11, and I was taken into a friend's house, and I was trying. You, you have to do it in one trip to prove
3: yeah. one your trip worth. Is the best game I've ever played. So.
1: Yeah. So I needed to have the 64, the games and all of controllers and the power cord all in just my little 10 year old arms. And that doesn't work out very well.
3: But hey, at least it else. wasn't eggs because that would have broke. So that is true. That That is a factual fact. I think something else too. I remember like, I'm really glad, Tom, that you wrote this piece because it's something, you know, we've talked about a lot in the office. And I remember you and I had a conversation about how the Joy-Con and the Switch in general, but specifically the Joy-Con is like, one of the most impressive pieces of technology from this generation but also one of the worst pieces of technology from this <laughs> generation and it's wild how it can live in both of those worlds um but yeah it's it's super unfortunate cuz it does smear what otherwise would be just a really impressive piece of hardware because it just can't re- like it's not reliable enough to work all the time and for a long period of time
1: i wanted to bring up this article especially because ign.com sometimes does polls and this poll we put in was, have you experienced Joy-Con drift? And out of the more than 80,000 people who looked at this article, uh, we had got 22,000 votes. And to be totally honest, we can't be totally sure how many people repeatedly voted, but like who would waste their time doing that over and over again. So we're going to assume we got around 20,000 unique votes on this based on the unique views that we got. And 70.5% of them said yes. Only May. 18% said no. Two point nine percent said no, but I have other issues. And eight percent of them said that they don't have to switch. And I don't. I'm. I'm not going to claim to be a pro at statistics. I actually skipped that college course and took for- formal logic instead. Highly recommend for anyone going to college right now. It's way easier and more fun. But from what I understand, um, a twenty thousand um, testing group is more than enough to oh, yeah. with, with margin of error, and they, there should be only a three percent margin of error. With this group, so and, and it's it's
2: worth pointing out at least that this is the group being people coming to IGN to read this article, right? So like that could be skewed by if you be see a Joy-Con well. ang- article, you're angry about it because you have drift, so you go into the article. Uh, we also did a Twitter poll asking how many people had Joy-Con drift that I think got a lot more votes, and that was I think sixty forty. So okay. what we can say is at least that like. It's definitely over half by like a probably statistically significant portion, which is an absurd failure rate, just insane failure rate. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And it's funny that it's right around 50% because you know what else had around a 50% failure rate? The Xbox 360 at a 54.2% failure rate. Um, And that's compared to that generation. The PS3 only had 10.6% failure rate and we only had 6.8%. So for Nintendo to jump from a 6.8% failure rate to, and granted it's the controller, not a console. So it's not as annoying to a 50% is just crazy. And and I I also wanted to mention real quick, there is technically a way to fix the Joy-Con yourself. Though I think it technically might um, void your warranty, but I don't. I don't have any Joy-Con within reachable distance of me. But if one of you guys do and want to display, there's like a a rubber skirt on the Joy-Con. There you go, (laughs) Shannon. So um, there's like a. If you look at the in the um, (laughs) if you look in the in the joystick, if you like, kind of like put under the the round part, there's a skirt that goes into the ball that's into. The controller, like some
3: part, yeah, it's yeah, like that I, part. Yeah, people tend to mention that when you because they're like, oh, it could just be. I forgot if they use a term for it, like what that problem is, but it's basically just have to clean out that area. yeah,, ah. and, and then of course it's also recalibration, which like I know Casey, you contributed a lot to that wiki. It wouldn't be a show if we didn't mention wikis. But like the <laughs> like troubleshooting, you know, Nintendo Switch and the different like mm-hmm. ways to go about it. But yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, I think the kind of to reiterate what Tom said too. Like a lot of times unfortunately these problems also come back whether you do it yourself or you send it to nintendo like and that's why i kind of just have given up i'm like i'm just going to trade mine into gamestop and let them just try to deal with <laughs> it i mean that's what you do if you have broken stuff just give it to gamestop yes it's, it's not not immoral or anything you just tell them it's broken and they'll like refer to give like is better than Definitely. a zero than it wasting away in my drawer because it's not going to work
0: i heard if you wrap that's it in a towel that'll fix it is that true?
3: <laughs> yeah,
1: that's how you fix the 360. You wrapped it in the oh, towel so it got all oh, really yeah. snugly and got Oh, you real turn it upside down.
0: down and you drop it. Oh, wait, that was the Apple Lisa. Deep cut. <laughs> that was a very deep cut. Thank you.
2: Uh, yeah, so, I i mean, the thing I, that frustrates me is that I like, like, why do we have to have this whisper network of home remedies on how to fix this? Like,
0: <laughs> like why hasn't this just been solved? just a wandering old woman will come whisper in your ear what your problem is and how to fix it that's or what weakness you know. basically is oh cool
1: <laughs> <laughs> i did i did actually post in nvc chat forums on facebook and ask how to fix it and everyone recommended getting alcohol to do it but a uh, fun fact at the time i couldn't buy any alcohol because everyone had bought it because right. of covid so <laughs> right. I, I tried using, like, a lens wipe, and it just, it just wasn't the same. It was kind of like mm-hmm. a dried-out lens wipe, and it just <laughs> I, it didn't fix it. Long story short, it didn't make it worse, but it didn't really do much of anything. Um, so I wanted to talk about, so we've all, we've all experienced Joycon drift and some sort of mechanical failure. Uh, what other systems or controllers or video game peripherals have you also experienced a failure with?
0: Ooh. I went through 3 Xbox 360s. Uh,
1: <laughs> oh, no. red ring? Three oh,
0: red ring. Yeah, 3 of them. <laughs> wow. Uh, the first one was before it was a widespread issue, so basically when I called they're like, "Ah, your warranty's up, bro. You're out of luck." And like just sadness overwhelming. My original Xbox that failed on me, but uh yeah, that's pretty much like I still have my PlayStation 2, I still have my GameCube. They all work is amazing but yeah those those 360s were (laughs) by the third one they're just like send it in we'll maybe in like two months we'll throw you throw you a bone get you another one
1: i i think i have told the story again before but long story short i also had a 360 red ring of death problem and it happened a week before halo 3 was supposed to come out so yeah so um that was upsetting (laughs) um oh man but I called and I was on the phone for more than an hour with a chain of people who kept telling me that Florida wasn't a state until I got to the point where they just hung up on me. I'm not lying. I'm completely serious. This actually happened. Microsoft was just like the state. And I was like, Florida. And they're like, no, the state. And it's like, Florida. I promise it's a state, I promise. And it was just so frustrating. And I, I don't I was like, maybe it just this one person punking me, but then the next person did it too. So I was like, is it I don't know. I don't know, man. I was in the Twilight Zone for a very short period of time, but and I did get a three sixty back. <laughs> but um I also my GameCube disc reader broke. My original GameCube, the original purple one. I'm not I remember that being kind of an issue. I mean, I knew a kid in high school who had a GameCube as a lunchbox that had been turned into a lunchbox because his disc reader also broke um man i've had a, like a lot in of school you mean i mean he was pretty cool his name is chris and he's he's a great dude still a great dude wow. i assume i don't know i haven't talked to him in a long time shout <laughs> out to chris shout out to chris um my original ds touchscreen also stopped working but nintendo customer service fixed it immediately for free even though i was a week after my warranty they're great um and I, I actually also go through PS4 controllers really oh, fast. Oh yeah. I don't know what is up with PS4 controllers, but I am on I'm on my th- third PS4 no, my fourth PS4 controller. Wow. And I've had it since Destiny One came out. I don't remember what year that was. What was it? Like twenty fourteen or twenty fifteen?
3: What what so, goes wrong yeah. with them? Yeah.
1: Um A variety of things, either the trigger will start sticking or the control stick will drift or one of the buttons will get stuck or it's just like something will be wrong with it. And it's not always the same thing, but it's definitely just because of use and mine would always last significantly longer than like i i lived with three dudes who all had ps4s and their controllers would be worn through way faster than mine and i don't know if it's because they were just harder on them but it was definitely a wear and tear like they would have a ps4 controller for like four months and the rubber would would wear through on the joysticks
3: yep
1: which is why i didn't let them use my ps4
2: controllers that was an issue with like launch ps4 controllers right is that the sticks Mm -hmm. would completely wear down yeah. My my thing, like I'm trying to think of things I really had happen. The, I think probably everyone had the the problem with the N64 controller stick getting loose after that like roundabout <laughs> mini game in, in Mario Party. So there was that one that I had, but like I felt like that was a very specific sort of failure where it was caused yeah. by like like we knew the cause of that. Um, also I had an issue on a couple of my Wavebirds where the rubber came off of the left joystick after a but that was like literally like into the Wii era that that happened yeah. right like that wasn't <laughs> like a, a GameCube problem. Um besides that like the the little flap on my Wii that covered the GameCube ports broke. Like <laughs> like it's not yeah. not many I haven't had many I've been lucky I haven't had many console failures like that. I've never gone through a, a PS4 controller yeah.
3: Yeah, I've been pretty lucky myself as well. Also, like the Wavebird was such a good controller. Like that it's thing great. was so Wavebird much
1: fun. still works.
3: Yeah, like it's it's awesome. I bought one for my brother when I, I rebought him uh the GameCube and I added that in there. Um I don't have that many actual issues. Um I don't mean to be that guy, but I take pretty good care of myself be that guy. <laughs> <laughs> um and I don't know, I don't I don't play, I guess, stuff that's super twitchy and intensive, right? Like I'm not I'm just like going hard on this indie game. Um like <laughs> I haven't really had a lot of issues. Um, like, my I've been using my boyfriend's, like, PS3 hardware recently to play Bioshock. Um, spoilers for what I'm playing. And a lot of those controllers are kind of beat up. Um, I'm not sure if that was because of how it was made or because how it was used. Um, but, like, the, a lot of issues with the triggers were, like, maybe the the R2 or the L2 is less responsive. Sometimes, like, it's partially torn off. I, I think the biggest issue I've ever had with consoles has to do with like certain hatches and even on my current switch like where the cartridge goes in um, on my uh, launch switch it's a little bit like loose um, and I think I might have had that too with maybe where you put like the memory card for the PSP um, like the original PSP like those sometimes get a little bit loose but uh, most of the stuff has been pretty much durable I think the switch is actually one of my like worst consoles in terms of it like holding up and I think it's because since it's like it's everything it's at home it's on the go i'm like but it's also falling apart like i have like yep, chips in mine two. and like um the kickstand is fine but any day now it'll just pop off um oh, yeah. yeah and i think that you know it, it you know it's a learning process i guess because the thing is like the switch is so much more like techie than like the GBA was, or like even the DS and the 3DS. Like those are a lot more of like sturdy pieces of hardware, and this is kind of this weird in between where you're constantly sliding on and sliding off these devices. Um, so yeah, not not too many uh, bad issues, but I count that more to luck than anything else. <laughs> so
1: that was we were just talking about uh, Joy-Con failure rate, and just a reminder: uh, out of eighty thousand viewers of that article that Tom wrote about Joy-Con drift still being a thing, twenty two thousand of them said that they experienced Joy-Con Drift. Um well not twenty-two thousand, but twenty out of twenty-two thousand votes, seventy percent of those twenty-two thousand had Joy-Con Drift, which is insane. And Nintendo, please fix the Joy-Con Drift. Thanks.
2: I, I will I will end on the last <laughs> note that A A this is very, all very much set out of love. Like, we just want these con- these issues to be addressed with some sort of permanent thing. But B, we did reach out to Nintendo for comment on this article. And I asked them if they would respond to things like, how long a repair center is going to be closed? Like, what do people do in the meantime? Do you guys have any sort of long-term plan for this fix? Uh, uh, and Or for Drift? And they declined to comment, um, which is understandable, yeah. given that, like, the Joy-Con Drift is in the middle of two lawsuits. Like, I don't fault them for that. Oh. It is just, like frustrating that they're still not saying anything
0: mm.
1: yeah i think if they had after the first model of switch had come out and then they had just figured out what was causing it to fail and fixed it and came out with like Joy-Con 2.0 that would have been awesome but hey maybe we'll get one now who knows <laughs> now let's talk about it's another disappointing topic. I'm sorry. Let's be sad today. Um, Retro's canceled Zelda and Mario spinoffs. <laughs> so um, Retro Studios was going to make two spinoff games. And I know a concept arter, uh, arter a concept artist had put up arts um, with some of the concept art from these games. And it's gone now. We can't actually look at it. I mean, I'm sure you could find it somewhere, but I wasn't going to try and, you know, be illegal and do that. Um, <laughs> But there was going to be a Sheik game, like a spinoff, with Sheik from The Legend of Zelda, and a Boo game. And they sound sounded awesome. Does someone want to read the descriptions, or should I go on?
0: Please, go on.
1: I'll go on. So the Sheik game is going to be an action JRPG set in a dark timeline of Ocarina. Ocarina? I can't talk today. Ocarina of Time. The last male Sheikah travels across a ruined Hyrule with a dark Gerudo tribe gives birth to a new form of Ganon that would have been so cool
0: if Guys. i read about it all here we go action jrpg set in the dark timeline of ocarina of time that's all i needed to hear there you mm-hmm. go game of the year game of the century and you you've got me hook line and sinker and that'll never happen now i just have to to imagine it and start writing my fan fiction
1: yeah. Again. Everyone go write some fanfics and send them to me. I will read them and I will rate your fanfics on the next episode. I'm serious. I will do this. Email me your uh, PG-13 fanfics. <laughs>
2: okay? Good, good. Yeah, that was a good
1: caveat. PG-13 only. All right. And I you get away with but a not, lot with PG-13. Uh, you can, but it's going to be better than R. <laughs> fanfics. <sighs> I don't know. You guys remember fanfiction.net? That was a site that existed um (laughs) that probably would have had fanfics like these
0: and then sonic shows up
1: and then sonic shows Mm -hmm. up but uh there was also going to be a Boo game seemingly designed for handheld consoles and it may have been set around a boo learning how to scare people and that just sounds really cute and wholesome
0: yeah that one's interesting too because i don't I can't exactly figure out how that would work. And that always excites me when a game doesn't mm-hmm. immediately seem apparent as to what it's going to be. And then you're like, ah, the geniuses behind this are going to, you know, cook up something delightful in their, in their test kitchen and, and serve it to me hot and fresh. And that's also not ever going to happen. Man, did I drag that metaphor out holy cow no you're fine yeah. I, think it
3: was a, I think it was a beautiful word picture that you just painted for all of us <laughs> and i appreciate it uh i i'm inclined to agree like i i don't know what that boo game would be but i would like to know um the first thing i thought of was i think this was on the wii u like the that like luigi's mansion or like mini game thing where you're like one person's the goat like i don't know if someone can remember this nintendo land, nintendo
0: nintendo land. land. Nintendo nintendo land. land. yes
3: that was a Does someone game. want to describe it? Because I kind of forgot the details of that offhand. It
2: was basically like, it was the one of the first, that game had two of the first like asymmetrical multiplayer games where it's one versus four, uh, which was Mario Chase, which I still maintain is the absolute best party game ever made and no one has played it. Um, and it. the Luigi the, the mentioned one, which I literally don't remember the name of because we just used to call it Spooky Ghosts. Do you want to play the Spooky <laughs> Ghost game? Uh, and yeah, the idea was that one person was a ghost, and they could see everyone on their Wii U gamepad, and then everyone else was little Luigi's trying to find the ghost, and the ghost was invisible unless they were scaring. And it was great. Yeah, yeah
0: super so underrated.
2: Nintendo
1: Land, so good. Yeah, Nintendo. Land was I really just, fun. I just want to point out, like, how does Tingle get spinoff games, but the Sheikah doesn't? Like, <laughs> come on, we got freshly picked Tingle's Rosy Rupee Land. Why couldn't we? These, we get this super
3: awesome action jrpg based on the sheikah what the hell this one was more time intensive than the no shades tingle but you know. <laughs> um yeah like i mean i think the sheik one obviously sounds more fleshed out but like um yeah the boot game just sounds interesting i think it's a cute idea i like also the idea of nintendo like these games that are like with i guess like side characters for lack of a better term like captain toad is like one of my favorite games in recent history and like i think they get so creative when they go like kind of into the weeds with stuff that like you wouldn't really think about and that's why like i love luigi's mansion so much because it's a luigi game but it's not a platformer and I, i like the creativity of that so uh this kind of thing would have been cool and i don't know hopefully there's some funky stuff like this in the future
1: All right. So uh, let's take a moment to mourn the games that will never be. And I'm sorry that we had to tell you about it, but we had to get sad about it. So now you do too. (laughs) Rip. And that was our moment of silence. Thanks, Seth. Um, (laughs) 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 uh, Let's get on to some small news and um, let's just kind of skim by these. But um, Retro Studios has hired more VFX artists for Metro Prime 4, we assume. There are three new artists um Adad morales who worked on battlefield hardline brian eric who was a vfx artist for shadow of the tomb raider and nicholas wilson who worked on the borderline series so some pretty high profile games that these three artists have worked on which is pretty cool and also tells us the prime four is still happening and maybe is still not super far
2: yeah uh, by not super far you mean not super far into development into right? development yeah <laughs> yeah Sorry. i think i think we are it's i think it is super far away still is a safe bet um, i can uh,
0: switch to launch title <laughs> oh,
2: no I think, I think it'll still I'm be switched saying... <laughs> i think it'll be, still be switched but yeah i think this game is far away it is cool to hear that you know they're still ramping up and they've still got people coming in and it sounds like the at least based. you know it's hard to judge based on past games but at least they're they're Hiring people who have a history of high fidelity games is cool to see. Um, Yeah.
1: Very cool. Uh, What's not very cool is that the Tokyo Game Show has been canceled. You remember how last week I said every week we'd be talking about something that was canceled because of of COVID-19? Here's this week's entry. Um, Tokyo Game Show was scheduled to run from September 24th to the 27th, but it will be reshaped into an online event and more info is expected later this month. Another big bummer. Yeah. That's really all I have to say about it. I'm very sad for this year. Can we just like go to sleep and wake up after this is all over because all my stuff has been canceled? I'm very upset. Um,
2: Somebody, somebody, I can't remember who (laughs) was suggested that we just like make 2021 like 2020 again and just like pretend this year didn't happen, basically. Just just like
3: redo it. Just mulligan, just full mulligan. (laughs) I would be down for that. I'm like, can we just like all get paid the same like like both people covering and also people making stuff like none of us do anything but just keep the numbers the same and we all just come back 2021
1: uh-huh let's do it can I stop aging too just like (laughs) (laughs) just for one year well Um, we'll make it half the speed half the speed I okay fine I can accept that all right and some other news, which is kind of good news. I'd say it's good news. I mean, if it depends if you're a fan of farming, but Harvest Moon One World has been announced for the Nintendo Switch and is set to release this year. And it takes place in a world where fruits and vegetables no longer exist. What does that mean? <laughs> I don't know, but everyone's probably having really terrible digestive issues in that world. I was going to say, gonna,
0: it's nothing but meat, carnivorous lifestyle. So does that mean that, like, fruits
2: and vegetables no longer exist and you're the hero who has figured out how to grow them and so you must, like, repopulate uh, the world? Is that going to be the... I, I, I bet think you're going
1: to go around the world collecting fruits and vegetable seeds uh, and making problems for people so that their digestive tract can once again be healthy.
0: I thought there was some Soylent Green situation
1: going on. Oh, no. It's like you you can have like bone meals, fiber, right? Like, does that work? I don't know how that works. I'm not a I'm not a dietitian. Don't talk to me. Harvest Moon um, One World. <laughs> but um, this is being developed with new engine and graphics. Even though no screenshots have come out yet. Um, so yeah, Harvest Moon One World is coming out this year. Supposedly, so is Rune Factory Five. But we haven't heard anything about that since the direct. And I'm gonna bring it up every time I can um, <laughs> because that game is is gonna be better than Harvest Moon One World. I'm saying it now.
3: I, have that no mean, I, I Should I wait that, to play Rune Factory 5 and not play Rune Factory 4 right now and just wait for 5? I mean, you could, but I'd be disappointed. Okay, well I don't, don't want to disappoint you, so I'll, don't, I'll download it. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't, don't
1: make Casey choose like that. <laughs> it's hard. Um, <laughs> also, in small news, Star Wars Episode 1, Racer was delayed the day before it's released. It was scheduled to launch on the Switch on May 12th, but it... Uh, was delayed due to work from home requirements on may 11th uh we don't really know when that is coming out now i'm um, sorry star wars fans
0: that's kind of weird but okay because i i think the last time i was in the office tom you had like just heard about that for pc or something and were showing it to me and that was a long time ago
2: yeah it was um, it had just come out on on pc God when ah, when you were there right. um so yeah it's it's not like it's hard to play this game right now <laughs> right. is, is kind of my take on it and it's, it's sad and it obviously sucks that more stuff is getting delayed because of work from home stuff but like it'll be out eventually I can wait for an N64 game there's, right. there's enough coming out right now
1: and I think I feel like this kind of game is the kind of game that's the most fun to play you know on the couch with your buddies in person so maybe it's better that it's going to be delayed maybe to a time where I can sit on a couch with my buddy without breaking the law but that's about it <laughs> For the small news this week, let's talk about games out this week, including okay. Jet Lancer out on May twelfth. It's fifteen bucks. This one looks like the most interesting one on the list this month, this year, this week. <laughs> Time is a is a construct. Tom, what do you feel about this game? I feel
2: strongly about this game. This is uh, I. It's So if anybody knows a game made by Vlambeer, or the people that made, like, Nuclear Throne, uh, they, they made a game called Luftrausers, which is, like, this dogfighting 2D plane game. This is basically... And they know about it. Like, Vlambeer has supported this developer a little bit. Uh, this is basically, like, Luftrausers, where it's this 2D dogfighting game, but, like, anime is all hell. So it's, Ooh. like, super, super stylish. It, it's got great, like, Neon Genesis, galleon vibes, yeah uh it's really really fast it's i've just been having a blast with this one um i highly recommend it to people it's so well i should i play it if i hate my dad (laughs) well maybe it doesn't get into that there's they they replace like the uh like the very depressing themes of neon genesis and they just take like the stylistic craziness like it's it's very very it's very rad uh, and there's a the talking cat that is your engineer. So, so I mean, you said it was
0: anime, so I already kind of. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, it's a cool game. I'm not, I, I will say I'm only like a couple of hours into it. So I haven't like, I can't give you like the full on review recommendation, but like what I've played so far, I'm super, super into.
1: Yeah. yeah. Also out this week is hunt down out on the 12th for $20 and it's eighties inspired contrast style side scroller with co-op. Nice note. Um, Have any of you been able to play it?
0: No, but now I want to.
1: All right, (laughs) I've sold. I've sold. This has been getting getting pretty good reviews so far. I haven't played it yet, though. Cool. Yeah, me neither. Also out is Super Mega Baseball Three out on the thirteenth for forty five dollars, and it's an Arcady Baseball series. And the IGN reviewer gave it an eight out of ten, which is great. Yeah. And it says, Super Mega Baseball isn't as deep a simulation as MLB The Show, but doesn't have to be. It gets the fundamentals right and has taken meaningful steps forward, being a more complete baseball game. Cool. So if you like baseball, this might be for you. Also out this week is Iron Fury. Iron, Iron, gosh, I want to say Iron because Fury is coming after Iron. Iron Fury. Out on the fourteenth for twenty five dollars, it's a retro retro style FPS similar to the original Duke Nukem's, and I got a seven point five out of ten, which is good. So this is telling me this came out on PC last year because it does not abide by our current no half points. Right. Tom, have you played it?
2: Uh, I played Iron Fury a while back, but I haven't played a ton of it. Um, it's very like it's a very very faithful sort of retro throwback, um, and it I, I know it's got. Some fans, but not a ton of others. But for anybody who loves those retro shooters, it's definitely one to pay attention to.
1: And last, we have Dungeon of the Endless out on the fifteenth for sixteen dollars, and it's a well-loved dungeon exploring roguelike from two thousand and fourteen. Also with go up, and IGN gave it an eight point one, a point one.
2: Yeah, back I'm when we had on one of those people, people. <laughs> right?
1: <laughs> well, um, that one it's from a...
0: you know that review was six years ago. So
1: oh my goodness, Switch, why are you getting wow. so late? You know, what's
0: crazy in uh, in 2014, when, when if I read about a, a, a game that was a roguelike, my first reaction would have been, what the hell is a roguelike? The, <laughs> least, the least descriptive name for anything ever. And it still doesn't quite make sense. I don't
2: know the classic ASCII game rogue. Right. You know, You're like the, all the kids
0: used to play. We used to talk about on the playground at recess. Hey, did you play that classic ASCII game? Hell yeah, I did. <laughs>
1: I think the first time I played a roguelike and knew it was a roguelike was in 2014.
2: Oh whoa. <laughs> well, when did <laughs> when did Binding of Isaac show up and make everyone pay attention to that genre I didn't question. I
1: didn't like know that's what it was at that point. Yeah, I I wasn't aware of the genre until 2014, I guess. Binding of Isaac was 2011. 2000 Yeah, 2011, so
2: 2014
1: <laughs> 2014
2: was probably like peak of that genre like getting explored right before everyone started getting sick of it and then it started coming <laughs> back.
0: Just
1: call so him Isaac, this likes. Is- Isaac likes. Isaac likes. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> but this is the description of that. It says no individual element of Dungeon of the Endless is especially complicated, but together they form a fiendish and unforgiving challenge. If you're willing to take that on, then it makes it more than worthwhile. Borrowing from several genres to create something that feels unique, as well as bursting with personality and smart choices, sounds cool. If you're only sixteen dollars and it's co-op, like why not? Yeah. So that those are all of the games out this week. We talked about Jet Lancer, Hunt Down, Super Mega Baseball Three, Ion Fury and Dungeon of the Endless. So now let's talk about games that we're playing this week. Um, Janet, you haven't been on in a long time. That's true. What are you playing?
3: Uh, Even though I haven't been here, I have been playing Animal Crossing, as everyone who has a Switch is basically playing Animal Crossing. Uh, I actually just started a new island. Uh, It's a non-time travel, non-cheating island. And it's a very different game when you're not cheating. I ran out of storage and I was humbled very quickly (laughs) by time itself. So that was an interesting experience. But I've been having fun. I've been streaming that on my channel. um, I just started streaming again. So that's that's been cool. I've liked revisiting that game in that way. Uh, I've also been playing Ring Fit Adventure because I need to move because we are quarantined. Uh, I really My goal is to beat that game this year. And it is such a hard game to beat because it is so long. I think it's like... Maybe I'm wrong on this, Casey. Is it like 20 worlds or something? It's a lot. I don't need,
1: I don't, I haven't beat it. So
3: <laughs> I forget how many. I mean, once again, that, that Google would come in handy, but I don't want to type on my loud ass keyboard. So uh, yeah, it's really long. I'm playing also Picross S3 because I never finished that. And I want to uh, play through those games before uh, hitting the most recent one. And then soon to be Nintendo relevant, I started playing Bioshock for the first time ever. Ooh. Um, I'm playing on PS3 because I didn't have PS Plus to download it for free on PS4. And this was the cheapest way to play it. So, uh yeah, that's been really cool. And then I'm also playing, uh, you know, Nintendo. I'm playing Dreams on PS4. Um, but as a, a first-time player of Bioshock, I think it totally holds up. Like, it, if it's a, it's an amazing game. That's not news. But I feel like a lot, with the coming to Switch, this might be a lot of people's first time playing it. And I think it's definitely, like... Worth jumping into it doesn't really like age at all um it does a really amazing job at creating atmosphere i think it has some of the best sound design i've experienced in a game because you don't know where any of the sound is coming from which is usually a negative because like sounds an indicator of like spatial awareness but in this case it just adds to like the horror element because you have no idea where anything is and it's terrifying it's also a little bit scarier than i thought it would be so i will say if you Stooky. don't like the spooky spooks <laughs> You can still play it, I think, because I'm also not that into the spooky spooks. But uh, be prepared, maybe have a friend with you or um, a, a liquid of your choice nearby. <laughs> whatever, some liquid some courage, spooky. some liquid courage. Be it whether it be water or a different drink that is a similar liquid. Um, but yeah, it was it was kind of spooky. I enjoyed it quite a bit. It's also a little bit harder than I thought it would be. Like the the regular enemies are pretty simple, but like the uh, the big daddies are like kind of super strong and i'm i'm like mm, maybe not but you can also change the difficulty at any time so i dropped it down for my playthrough i might drop it, put it back up because i feel like it's a little off of like how hard the like main enemy is and how like easy the other ones are uh, but i'm having a good time with it it's been cool and that's scary.
2: that's one of the first games i remember when i because i played it at launch and didn't beat it and then went back and played it for the, like all the way through for the first time I want to say early last year, late oh, yeah. to And you had a
3: great article on that too, talking about like avoiding spoilers all this time.
2: Yeah. Cause I avoided the the spoilers for that game the entire time. Um, but yeah, that's a similar thing where like when, when I first played that game, it was one of the first games to ever make me respect an enemy and a shooter. Where it's like, you're not supposed to fight the big daddies the first time you see them. Like, you are just supposed to get the heck out of the way. And I don't (laughs) think that that ever felt a game, like, so clearly make that point to me. And then eventually you get the skills to, like, fight them. And they're still really hard. But, like, man, those things are, like, genuine scary threats. And it's so, so cool to see that.
1: I've I've had that experience in one other game. And it's Monster Hunter 3? three ultimate i don't remember but you fight a kuropeko which is one of your like basic like puke puke equivalent and they throw a devil joe at you uh yeah <laughs> i got and that you, joke. Just, you can't do it you just can't do it thanks tom i appreciate it, I <laughs> Again, it be <laughs> <laughs> so um Those what about you long. seth what have you doing been-
0: <laughs> well i've been playing picross s4 because I never played a Picross game before and Pear said that uh, I should and that I would like it and Pear was correct. And so I've been playing that. I've been trying to play Tales of Asperia but I've been a very busy boy. Uh, I was like redoing my living room floor. And then Nintendo, for the first time since October 23rd, I played PUBG, which is my horrible addiction. And I wish I hadn't played it because I got third place on my first game. That's right. Two kills.
1: And now you're all back in. So um, close to the chicken dinner
0: boy oh boy yeah but uh no i'm excited to have more time now i can jump back oh uh uh, uh, uh oh my god what is this big jrpg that's coming out for switch why can't i Zeta think of you played, it? You Zeta oh my god uh, yeah, i i uh, i'm gonna play the hell out of that i've decided <laughs> i'm gonna do it i'm also I'm,
1: i would also like to play that
0: yeah i i'm very excited for it. i'm gonna spend all my free time playing that big old jrpg
1: Oh, you tell me what you've been playing. Uh, I've been playing a little
2: Jet Lancer. I've been playing, I finished the entirety of the Uncharted series, which I mentioned last time on the show. I've now finished it, but uh, we're not gonna talk about that. Um, I've been playing a little bit of the Wonderful 101 Remastered actually on PC instead of Switch because I got it on Steam. Um, which I've been enjoying. I forgot how goofy that game is, it's so so silly where you have like an like a uh, like an anime announcer telling you the like history of the story or something while like somebody is freeze frame posing in the background and they'll just like look at you and be like what's what's taking so long like while the announcer is talking so there's like all these little fourth wall breaking moments like that that I forgot about that game is is so stylish in such a cool way um so that's cool i do want to unless we want to dig into that a little more too i i do want to bring up man i've stopped playing animal crossing as much <sighs> me too I know. I mean I I
1: stop I've stopped playing after (laughs) I
2: The rocks are unhit. Like it's it's the type of thing where it's like I, I think once we go back to having a commute and I have time on the train, I'm gonna be excited to pick that game back up in a casual way. But I've got every villager house in the position I want them to be in. I've built all eight bridges you can build, I've built all eight inclines you can build in the exact spots I want them. I've got my island to the point where now I just sort of need to fill it up with stuff and play casually, which is great. But like, I'm just sort of less motivated to do that while at home, I guess. And so I think I'm not, I'm not like done with it forever. I don't think it's a bad game or anything. It's not like my opinion's shifted. It's just like, yeah, I'm ready for that to be my commute game rather than just like my play at home game.
0: Mm.
1: And uh, the Wonderful 101 Remastered review will be going up the same day as this episode. So if you're listening to it, it is available on IGN.com. And uh, Tom, I know you mentioned before that it's it's great that it's av- even just available on the Switch because so many people didn't get to play it on the Wii U. And- yeah. Well, what did well, Mitch will give it? Mitch will give it a 9. He really, okay. really liked it. For amazing um-
2: Yes, nine for amazing. It's worth pointing out because people get this distinction confused occasionally. We gave the original game a 7.4, but Mitchell was not the reviewer, right? So if Mitchell was reviewing this game back then, he probably would have given it a much higher score because he likes the game a lot, right? So these are different human beings with different opinions, and neither one is invalid or valid. But if you're wondering why it like, huh?
3: I said, I don't understand.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but, like, so if you're wondering why the score, like, jumped, quote-unquote, so much, that's, it's because it's a different human being. Um, but he really loves this game. He says, essentially, that it's extremely unintuitive and hard to learn, which they've done, they've addressed somewhat in the remaster, but not, like, enough, really. Um, but if you can learn it, and you can kind of get through that that learning curve, like, it is really one of his favorite action games out there. Um, and he, that is a man who knows his action games. Like, he... <laughs> He knows his and it's stuff. Really good at them. Yeah, and is really good at them. Um, so yeah, he really, really liked it. The question though is like as a remaster, it doesn't do like a ton, right? Like it does, it does a decent job, but it's not like that much crazier than just like a slightly tweaked port. But like if it's for a Wii U game where no one really probably not many people played it on Wii U, like isn't is a port called a remaster with some basic tweaks and some higher resolution graphics like is that enough basically like i I don't know you kind of have to make your own call if you're the the truth of the matter is this is the best way to play it so if you're coming into it completely fresh it's going to deliver on what the game is but like it's not like a remaster on the scale of some we've seen recently
1: see i mean we're seeing now i don't know why i said that (laughs) 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 i was looking at the time um I tried to play Wonderful 101. I, I watched basically the opening of it and I played the first part of the tutorial where you basically round up a bunch of school children and move them to the back of the train. It doesn't it's not that's not an evil thing. It's just you're you're saving them. You gotta play it to see it. But um I <laughs> I noticed a little bit of pixelation on the main character's face, which I thought was kind of odd, but other than that, I thought it looked pretty good. But again, I don't think it really looked any better than it did on the Wii U. So, I don't know. But uh, I stopped playing because recently I've been dealing with, like, really bad, like, wrist arm pain just from working at a not great workstation. So, I actually haven't been able to play video games almost at all. But I remember that you can play Slay the Spire with one hand. (laughs) So, I did that instead. And that's the only game I'm going to be able to play for the foreseeable future. So, Never such, talked about that game before. Such a burden
2: you've been had, that's been put on you.
1: <laughs> I know it's like, well, I guess I, I only game I can play is *Slay the Spire*. I also started trying to learn skateboarding because I don't need my hands for that, and if I fall on them, I mean they're already broken anyway, so who cares? And um, I also ordered a DDR mat because I don't need my arms oh, to play nice. that either.
2: <laughs> that's a solid um, investment.
1: Hell yeah! And really quick, I want one-word answers for this question block question and we'll get into it after our one word answers this one is from tony lunt and he says is it time to accept that the e-shop nintendo online are what they are and won't be getting any significant improvements or overhauls one word answers go janet no seth yes tom
2: <sighs>
1: commit that's my no
2: that's my word is an exasperated okay. guy
1: Now, let's extrapolate on that question. Is it time to accept that the eShop and Nintendo Online are what they are and won't be getting any significant improvements or overhauls? Thanks for the question, Tony Lentz. Seth, I I see that uh, you have thoughts.
0: Well, it just so happens before I read Tony's excellent question that I actually made a joke on Twitter about this very subject about how uh you know remember uh, a million years ago when you sign up for nintendo online they're like whoa we got all these nes games you can play and now we got super nes games you can play we're adding more every month and it was super exciting because every month brought a whole new crop of retro goodness and then it just stopped and the last game that we got was uh that boat game that i make a joke about every episode (laughs) that i'm on uh that I can't remember the name of but it's not a good game at all, and now we haven't gotten any new games and other I don't even really know why I, I use it i don't I don't really play splatoon 2 online um which is I think the only reason I would wanna I guess my kids do but like what's why am I i mean it's it's so cheap sure that I don't <laughs> even notice that there's like twenty dollars missing uh in my yearly budget Calm but,
3: down money <laughs>
1: I, that not actually it. reminds me i have to start like i'm going to have to start going to my friends and being like hey you know that 36 dollars I, I pay for nintendo online how about that share of yours i mean i don't just do that that's <laughs> not i have a very large family um <laughs> but yeah i don't i don't think they will be getting any significant improvements or overhauls oh, either i mean i just i don't trust nintendo to figure that stuff out is am i being too negative am i being mean well, am i being mean to nintendo to just like not trust is, them
0: there's no there's no incentive because like everybody loves nintendo you can't mm-hmm. even get a nintendo switch or a nintendo light right now because everyone is buying them because they love them so what you know it's not like everyone's like i'm i need a nintendo so i can go online people are just yeah, like i no. need a nintendo so i can play these fun games it's the least Appealing part of their business model. It's great that they have it, but there's no financial incentive for them to do anything better. I mean, it's twenty mm-hmm. bucks a year. You get a couple. You know, you get Eliminator Boat Duel. That's what it's called.
1: <laughs> really?
0: Yeah. that sounds made up. It does sound <laughs> yeah, sounds made like up. A fun game. It's it a, sounds like a
1: fun Nintendo game. I don't need online to play.
0: <laughs> right. I mean, it's great that I can play Link to the Past again for the millionth time, and also the other Zelda games, which I love, which is nice and all. But it's like. I mean, come on, man. <laughs> but still, the point I was did... trying to make is they don't, there's no incentive, there's no financial incentive for, you know, everyone's fine when we, we all love Nintendo. We're all here on the podcast. We're not here to, to share the love, but it's like, you know, they don't, they don't need to make it any better. And so no. we'll just pout, about, I'll just pout about it.
1: But anyway, I did hear they made some improvements to the Super Smash Bros. Uh, online connectivity and that has been better but i haven't tested it because i feel so burned from the first time that i tried it that i just haven't bothered Mm. but maybe it has been improved maybe i should give it another shot when my hands allow me to (laughs) we'll see
3: well Um, you know there's that um saying i mean i think it has like some uh religious origins but it's you know grant me the strength to change the things i can accept the things i can't and the wisdom to know the difference Um, But I disagree. (laughs) I've decided I'm going to dig my heels into the (laughs) ground on this one. Is it time to accept that the eShop and Nintendo Online are what they are and they won't be getting any better? Um, I don't think it's ever time to accept that. I feel like if I were to accept it, I mean, I could and we could just eliminate it as a topic of conversation. But I think uh, as we continue to move forward, especially into next gen and more and more of these companies are thinking of ways to create services and unique experiences and subscriptions. Nintendo just has to catch up eventually. And I know they'll never fully catch up because of how Nintendo is. But like, if they're not going to ever catch up, they still need to step up to some degree. Um, and Nintendo has that problem in a couple different ways that they like handle their business. So yeah, I don't, I don't think it's ever time to accept it in that regard. Do I think it's this, that they're ever going to fix it? Um, I think they have to technically. I think it'll be so late that by the time it gets to where we want to be, we'll be on like, switch three or something right and we're like oh my god you can finally like invite friends to play games but like it's (laughs) it's inevitable they have to improve um because you, you just can't i mean what they get away with is is ridiculous and unacceptable and just the reality but yeah i refuse to accept this situation and i also refuse to stop being a fan of the service and the platform so i have no choice but to continuously ask and want for it to be better and it needs to get better I think
1: to clarify, yes, I don't. I don't expect it to get better on the Switch, but yes, I do expect it to be overhauled and have significant improvements for the next Nintendo system. And I think it would be completely unacceptable if it didn't improve from this iteration in the next gen.
2: Yeah, I, I don't want to make it clear. My exasperated sigh was not at Tony himself or his question. It was at the fact that I know in ten years we're still going to be having this conversation. <laughs> um, <laughs> Like I, I think I think Janet's right, and I think that the the key difference here is that yeah, they're gonna get better, but I think it is time to give up on hope that there's going to be a Nintendo Direct one day that says we're fixing everything wrong with the Switch's online service. Here's all of these things that we're doing. Like I, I don't think that they're gonna do that sort of cataclysmic one step overhaul now. But I do hope that I will keep fighting for them to make it better.
1: Mm-hmm. Iteratively. We'll see. You hear us, Nintendo? I'm sorry we're complaining so much this this week. I don't know what's going on. It's just the Sound energy above. in the world is <laughs> not great. Um, but this next question from Even Beadolf. Uh, what is the longest amount of time you've gone without
3: playing a video game? Why did you take a break? I took a break in the uh the Wii era. Um I don't know how long the break was and I admittedly don't know like how long without playing any games because I feel like games have always been somewhat a part of my life but I skipped that gen um almost entirely like I didn't I wasn't interested in the Wii um I also wasn't interested in just like kind of the way gaming was going it felt like that was the era of like FPSs and like motion control and a lot of stuff that I just wasn't interested in um that was sort of that next wave and it sort of felt like games I don't want to say we're no longer for me, but it was harder for me to find games that I found appealing and things to get excited about. Because if we think of like what Sony and Microsoft were putting out, it was a lot of it it felt kind of led leaning into like that more FPS and kind of actiony stuff, which I do like some of that. But I'm also really heavy into platformers. And like I love Nintendo, but I hated the Wii as a concept. I hated the fact that it was remote. I didn't want to use the motion controls. I wasn't interested in it. I never owned it. I I know there's great games on there, but I'm never going to play them because I don't want to wave that little TV remote around. Um, So then I kind of looked around and I felt like there wasn't really anything there for me to do. Um, So that was probably like my biggest, what I would consider a gap. Now, did I not play any games in those years? I'm sure I did actually play like some games here and there from like older gens or handhelds and things. Um, But that is the longest I had been out of touch with gaming.
1: I'm not, I just want to say this. I feel slightly personally attacked by your attack on the Wii because I, for my 16th birthday, you know how here in America they're like sweet 16s? Instead of having a a sweet 16 party, I had my parents buy me, let me buy a Wii and a new TV to play the Wii on. So that was my sweet 16. Did you spell it S
0: W I I T 16? (laughs)
1: What? Oh my gosh! Please. I should have. Please. I but in real, I didn't actually have a party, so I, I just oh. had a Wii. I actually, um, I lied to my parents and had my grandma take me <sighs> to GameStop to skip school so I could pre-order the Wii.
0: Oh, that's awesome!
1: As one does.
3: That's the coolest city ever.
1: <laughs> but um yeah, so I spent my whole Sweet Sixteen on a Wii, Janet, and you're just gonna bash it like that. I mean you didn't invite yeah. me to
3: the to the Wii party. So <laughs> <laughs> maybe it could have been different if we could go back, right? Um but yeah, that would be like what I consider my longest break. What about you guys? Like three uh, so, hours. <laughs> I d I,
2: I don't think I've had one really that stands out to me. Like I I don't really keep track of that stuff. I definitely take breaks with games and kind of go here and there, but never something that felt like significant, I
0: guess. Yeah, I think.
1: <laughs> uh, Jinx. Oh, you go ahead.
0: <laughs> well, I was going to say there were definitely times where I, I just one day noticed. I was like, man, I haven't, I have played a video game in forever. And I remember uh, I sold my original Nintendo. Well, I gave my Nintendo 64 to a guy that I owed rent to. And then i just didn't play games for a long time but i can pinpoint like an eight to ten week span where i know i didn't play video games at all and it's because i had a little stint in the lockup no i'm just kidding uh it was when i was in uh, basic (laughs) training and then tech school for the air force so that's and we didn't have you know that was like so long ago that we didn't have you know smart smart smartphones and all these screens that you can see. That's a much more a respectable
3: reason than just hating the Wii. Oh, so <laughs> now I feel I'm glad I led with my Wii story because that was, that
2: was two different kinds of wars right there.
3: <laughs> oh, no. No disrespect,
1: it, I'm sorry. I think my longest period of time going without playing a video game was probably 11 or 12. And I went to summer camp for three weeks and we didn't have game systems there. <laughs>
0: It's hard when you're a kid.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was summer camp, so I had plenty of other stuff to do, but also probably like when I was on the younger side where I would actually like go outside and hang out with the neighbors, but also we would go to each other's houses and play video games. So back
0: when that was allowed, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, back I know, when that was Right, <laughs> go outside, go to tota parks. There's not a pod- padlock on them preventing <laughs> you from going on the swing. Um But yeah, I don't I don't think I've yeah, I haven't very really gone a very long time without playing a video game i'd like even bring game systems on me with to vacation every time like so,
0: full consoles
1: like i like switch or like a 3ds or like over christmas oh, okay. break actually i brought my ps4 with me to florida so i could play monster hunter so wow.
0: we had a guy was, who built a custom enclosure for a crt tv and a ps2 so he could put it on a plane when we deployed after 9-11 and it just looked like any other piece of uh, military gear. He was a metal metal worker. He built this entire case. It looked like um. a military grade aircraft pallet. Slid it on there. Got to his camp. Plugged it in. And was playing PS2. Wow, that's,
3: awesome. that's <laughs> yeah. really cool. That is the most hardcore thing I've ever heard in my entire. life. This was life. a and hardcore dude.
0: This was it guy. Worth
3: it? Yeah. Situation was hardcore, the person was hardcore, the craftsmanship was hardcore. <laughs> like, oh, it was beautiful.
0: I mean, it looked like something in a movie, you know, like click it open and it's got a drop in for a CRTV, CRT TV, a PlayStation 2 controller, and nothing would get jostled or shook around when it was offloaded by a 13k all terrain forklift from a C 130.
1: That's and, awesome. Oh, Taking hostile wow.
0: enemy fire. I don't know about that part.
1: All right, and for the last question for Question Block for this week, this one is from Guillermo Garcia. Uh, he says, "What are your favorite modern tactics games that are not Fire Emblem or XCOM?" Rabbits. Is it, is it Guillermo?
3: Gear, uh, Guillermo, like the, the yeah, the, okay, BL's the Elder Silence. Why. Okay, Guillermo. But also, okay. I'm just that's just speculation. But my favorite tactics is just Mario plus rabbits because uh, I'm basic, so. <laughs> That's like yep. a good tactics game for people that don't play tactics games.
0: I'm right there with you. Uh, yeah, too.
3: You want to get super deep into tactics?
1: Like, really, uh, you can check out Disgaea. The this whole Disgaea series, there's a ton of them on the Switch right now.
0: I have the the fifth one. And I start. I, I completely forgot I have that. Yeah, actually, that one's that one's actually really fun and weird.
1: Yeah, they're really weird. They're really fun. They the progression system is crazy and there are so many different units you can use and so many different strategies you can use in battle and so many different things you can do. You can go into items to play a, an item dungeon to level up the item. There's a bunch of crazy stuff. <laughs> and there's ex- and there's exploding penguins. I mean, yeah. <laughs> it's Ooh, it's okay. great. Now I'm it's, interested. It's awesome. All right, what about you Tom?
2: Uh, mine are weird, uh, I would say, because they're both uh, collectible digital card games, actually. Um, but the two of them are either Duelist for a time, and then the other one is called, which is still running, and I think it's actually, maybe it just came out on Switch recently, it's called Feria. Um, Duelist and Faria are these two different games that are like Hearthstone-style card games, but then when you play the unit, you're playing them onto the board, and then it is a tactics game from there. And it is the both of those games just rule. Duelist, Duelist, as unfortunately died a sad death, but that for a time was my absolute favorite favorite game for a little while. So yeah.
1: What what was the first one I got? Because that sounds like extremely my stuff.
2: Duelist. Well, yeah, they're, they're similar. Duelist is is dead and gone. Duelist was basically Final Fantasy Tactics mixed with Hearthstone. Fairy is a little is still around, and that one's a little bit more complex because it's like it's hex based, and when you not only on your turn are you playing cards, but you're also building the landscape of the battlefield. So you can, like, it's it's an empty hex grid to start. And then every turn, you can either place down two empty hexes or one, like, special one that's, like, a mountain, a forest, a desert. And then you can only, like, if you have, like, a mountainy creature, you can only summon it onto a mountain space. And then it gets more complex from there, and you're trying to, like, get across the board to the enemy's hero, basically, and destroy it. Um, and that game is really really cool because you have to not only think about like normal card game stuff but also like okay here's my curve for minions but if I don't literally have a physical path to get those minions to the other side like they literally can't do anything Uh, yeah that game is is great
1: that sounds awesome. And with that, that is about all the time we have left for NBC Nintendo Voice Chat. Remember, you can listen to us every Thursday at 3 p.m. on your favorite podcasting platform or YouTube.com or IGN.com. And remember, you can always write into us with your own questions at MVC at IGN.com or answer our weekly question block post on our Nintendo Voice Chat podcast forums on Facebook. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, this is the only place you can. Get the thing.